The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Hey everybody, this is Diana Deli. I am the dungeon mistress and executive producer of Multiclass Theater. We are so honored to be nominated for the Audioverse Awards. We are a brand new Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. We are about midway through our second season now. We started in October of last year and have been going strong ever since. The show itself is a improvised adventure which follows three heroes, a noble knight, a rebellious teenage girl, and a snarky six-foot-tall cat as they adventure around a home-brewed world and find adventure and hopefully learn a few things along the way. The episode we have for you today is Season 2, Episode 4, or as we call it, Season 2, Chapter 4, What's in a Name? This episode was released on July 31st of this year. It has become a fan favorite. I think it illustrates our humor, our tone, how we like to tell stories. It is actually the climax of a three-part adventure through a tower and you don't really need context other than to know that the characters are exploring the tower of a dead wizard and were sent there to retrieve something from the top of it. It doesn't offer any spoilers for the overall story arc. It is really a standalone three-part series. Again, this is season two, chapter four, What's in a Name? I hope you enjoy it, and if you do, please vote for us. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the second season of Multiclass Theater, the role-playing podcast with class, and the kind of paladin memes warn you about. Multiclass Theater uses Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition by Wizards of the Coast, and contains adult language, fantasy violence, pop culture references, and terrible fake accents. If those don't bother you, then settle in and enjoy the show. <laughs> Last time, at the behest of the wizard Mugby, our heroes continued their climb through the Tower of Master Creel, combating gargoyles and even an entire forest. The party met one of the tower's caretakers, who was totally chill despite the murderous vegetation, and indeed seemed surprised to learn that the tower's master had died. They then turned into a winged serpent and bugged out. That was kinda cool. Lastly, Despite some close calls, Trevor is still alive and even got himself on the scoreboard. But we'll see if that changes on Multiclass Theater. You head up the stairway and you once again come to a set of double doors. Checking for traps? Uh, 27. You are very confident that you have found no traps. There are definitely no traps on this door. I would like to see a trap door at some point, just so I can compare, because it looks like a regular door to me. It is, in fact, a regular door. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any traps either. Yes, I have not seen any traps at all. As soon as I find a trap, I will show you, I promise. But she she may be very good at this, and, and us not so good, so she sees stuff that we don't see. Yes, that's true. Uh, I could be finding every trap and disabling it before you ever see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, she could. But if there are, aren't any traps, then the number of false positives becomes an issue. 
I don't know what that means. Uh, neither do I. Let's, <laughs> let us proceed. You push open the door, and it is apparent immediately, as soon as you enter, that this room is one that has been lived in. The evidence of a life well lived can be found all throughout. And while there is little of monetary value, there's much of sentimental value. The room itself is about 40 foot square. On each wall is crowded with stuff, as they said, of sentimental value. There is a bed and a nightstand along one wall. On another wall, there is an ornate desk with several books open upon it. On the eastern wall, there is a large and spacious fireplace. And on the wall to the left of the entrance is a small piano and a harp, both exquisitely decorated with gold and silver filigree. Are there any other exits to the room? Not that you can see. So we will cautiously go in and start investigating and looking for anything that could be a spell book or... Okay, what do you want to look at? She's going to cast Detect Magic and see what she can see. Everything in this room is magic. It's just glowing everywhere. Yeah, okay. just much like mist down below, everything is magic. Did, I did, did, were bookshelves on the list of things? No, but there is a desk with uh, several books upon it, and there is a, a stack of papers on top of the piano. That would be the first destination to check, then. Uh, investigate? You could do a uh, an arcana check, if you'd like, to in- investigate. Eleven. On the surface of the desk, you see uh, open books, quills, inks, and uh, shards of a crystal wand, which are scattered across the desktop. Are the books of any interest? There is a book open on the desk. It seems to be a journal of sorts, and the entry on the page to which it's open reads, I fear my time on this plane draws towards its end. I have dedicated my life to my research and study, and I'll be damned if it will fall into the hands of one unworthy to wield it. I have gone over my protective spells and trials for the would-be rescuer of my work in an attempt to ensure it only falls into the hands of one who deserves it. I can do little else at this point. My greatest works, my collections of spells and incantations, will be locked away before I go to my final rest. If you are reading this after my passing, then you have done well to reach this point. Perhaps you are worthy of my work, but there is still more you must do. I wish you well. Braun, Greenstaff, Creel. The letter makes that sound. Yep, yeah, it does. It's a, it's a, it's yeah, a magic It's very book. flourishy at the end. Sylvie points to the journal and then tells her companions, Ah, uh, whatever this guy was doing, he wanted hidden from people he thought unworthy. And so wait, did you give me an investigations check or no? No, you gave me an arcana. Uh, I, gave you the, I gave you the arcana, which was 11. Okay, give me an investigation. Right, I'm better at that. No, I'm not. Uh, 11. All right. Uh, nope, that you see uh, pretty much everything I described. Does that make us worthy? But he said there was more to find if we were worthy. Like there's wards or something magical? I don't know. Mist, what do you make of this? You're the magical cat. Actually, that's Mistopheles. But, um, I mean... It started off sounding really bitter, but the tone then changed to, to, like, really specifically bitter. But then it kind of changed to a more general tone, which kind of conflicts with the message we found coming up, where it was all like, eh, if Mugby tricked you into this, sucks to be you. And now it's like, oh, nice job on making it this far. 
It's kind of a weird tone. I don't think he wants Mugby to have this research. You think? Yeah, I, I think that, yes. With my deep intellect. Well, what else is in this room? Maybe we can find more here. There is a large four-poster bed. There's a nightstand next to it, on top of which is a silver pitcher and basin. Uh, next to that is a full-length mirror and a wardrobe. On the eastern wall, that's on the western wall, on the opposite wall is a is the fireplace, and in front of the fireplace is a large wing-backed chair. And then on the wall to the left of the entrance is the small piano and harp. Does there seem to be any other stairs or doors leading out? No. And there actually is another bookshelf in uh, along the southern wall, uh, but it contains trinkets and ornaments of various oddities. Let's have a look at those papers on the uh, piano. You start sifting through the pile of papers and discover that it's just sheet music, most of which is looks very old. Give me a history check. Oh, 15. Okay, a few of the tunes you seem to recognize that you've come across in your travels. Perhaps he had been collecting this music from, you know, all corners of the world. Silway is going to investigate the room, specifically looking for secret doors or hiding places or... Well, where specifically are you going to look? Fireplace, uh, under the bed... On the bookshelves or behind the bookshelf. Okay, well, where, 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 where do you want to look first? Fireplace first. As you approach the fireplace, a flame springs up in its grate, bathing the room in a warm glow. An illusory script appears and dances along the mantle, reading, Though with many keys I am adorned, there is no locked portal I can unbar. That sounds like sheet music. No, sheet music sounds like this. But aren't those keys? Is Miss just singing? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> but also it's referring to the piano, like... Rotan goes over and sits down at the piano. What a strange contraption! It's called a piano, Rotan. Do you not have those in Neverwinter? No! I don't know how they work, but... Clearly by, uh, by some sort of system of levers. And then he, like, starts pressing <laughs> with his gauntleted, like, hands. Just random keys? Yeah, yeah. As you push the key on the piano, as the last note dies away, the script on the mantle shifts and shimmers until it reads as follows. Of the many things I own, there is one thing I alone possess, and yet others use it much more than I. Bron Creel. Is it a riddle? It's his name. Is that what you're saying, Mist? Yes. Yeah, so I'm saying his name out loud. Okay, so something in this room have his name on it that we have to interact with? Oh, I get it now. Is it the journal? Maybe the tag on his shirt. <laughs> Are there any portraits on the wall, did you say? Or... No, no, no portraits. What about that mirror? The mirror looks like to be a an ordinary mirror. Silway says out loud, Bron Ringstaff Creel. Nothing happens. Tried that. Uh, what else would have his name or his image or... Hmm. Where is his body? So wait, sorry, I was mistaken on one thing. When you cast Detect Magic, uh, not everything glows. But I, I will let you know, I will tell you what glows. The fireplace glows. The pitcher glows. The shattered wand on the desk glows. The mirror glows. And the journal glows. And the piano glows. Um, I think somebody's going to go over to the journal. Okay. And look at it and pick it up. Okay. 
and she already read it, so maybe she'll flip pages a little bit. I mean, you flip the pages and you see entries from other days. I had a very fine meal of oatmeal today. Reading his name out loud doesn't do any things. Are you going to read his name out loud, or are you going to... Well, she she said it out loud, but she'll actually she'll pick it up and read it out loud. Okay. What was his name? Bron Ringstaff Creel. Nothing happened. Uh, Mist... Did I say it wrong? Mist, give me a perception check. Uh, 14. Okay, you realize Silway is not saying the name right. Dang it. I didn't write it down, so... My, my comment is not so good with reading. Did I read this right? Am I pronouncing it correctly? And she points to the, the signature. Uh, and you see it says Bron Greenstaff Creel. Oh, Greenstaff. Oh, that's what I, I was missing. Greenstaff. Middle name. Bron Greenstaff Creel. Nothing happens. Silway says it. Bron Greenstaff Creel. The script above the mantle changes once more. And the following letters appear. I alone may enter here, though sometimes there is one beside me. Mirror, mirror. Go look in the mirror, somebody. Mist, you like mirrors, right? I'm, I'm, I'm offended by this <laughs> fireplace right now. <laughs> why, are, why are you offended by the fireplace? Oh, because it doesn't like my accent. Oh. <laughs> it's a racist fireplace. W- would it make you feel better to know that <laughs> it was the combination of the journal and the name? Not just your accent. You needed both. I mean... Does Mist know that? No. He's just okay, so be then he thinks it's a racist fireplace. <laughs> Fair enough. enough. <laughs> Mist, go look in the mirror. Fireplace doesn't pull a Google home and say, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Sorry, Dave. I can't do that, Dave. He goes um, over to he goes over to the mirror. Okay. What are you gonna do? Poke it. The surface of the mirror ripples at your touch and shimmers slightly. As you peer into the reflection, you notice the wall at the back of the fireplace fades away to nothing. But as you turn away to look behind you, it appears as solid as ever. What do you see, Mist? Huh. Well, there's another cat here. Um, <laughs> calling back to, like, episode two. Um, I'm going to go over to where the wall appeared to disappear. Okay, it's Does like the back, of, the back of the fireplace. Yeah. And poke at it. Okay, so you're going to put your hand through the fire? Oh, I didn't really write. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, the fire's lit. So when I looked in the mirror, I saw the fireplace, the whole thing disappear, or no, you saw the back of it, the back wall of it disappear. Is there like a piece of? Oh, I'm gonna grab one of the trinkets from the wall or from that okay. from the shelf, and uh, huck it into the back of the fireplace. What are you doing? Why are you burning his things? You, <laughs> you wind up and you hurl a what looks like a small oil lamp into the fireplace. Wait. wait. I, I mean, it's dusty. You choose it's a not, flammable object and no, it's it not. Fi- it's not filled with oil. It's just an old oil lamp. Like, think think, think Aladdin in the genie's lamp. It's well, an old oil lamp. I feel like lamp. I should rub the thing first. So you, you hurl it into the back of the fireplace and where you expect it to hit the wall, it just keeps on going and you hear it clattering down a corridor. Or maybe I expected it to keep going. Well, you may have expected it, but Rotan didn't, so my statement stands. So do we go back there? It's, uh... So we can we can walk through back there, but, um... Oh, oh, oh! Um... I take out my alchemist jug and declare, wa- declare that I need to pour some water onto this fireplace. 
So you start pouring water on the fireplace, and the water just passes through the flames. Nothing happens. It doesn't steam. It doesn't douse the flames in any way. Do I feel heat from the fire? You do. The fire does feel warm. I think you should walk through it. Uh, I got one other idea. I'm going to go over to that silver, uh, the silver ewer. Uh, is there anything in it? No, not at the moment. It is oh, not. Okay. It is empty. Then I will, sh- I will bring that over and uh, try pouring it onto the fire. It's nothingness onto the fire. Nothing happens. It's empty. Um, Trevor. Stick your hand in there. Trevor, do you trust me? Um, of course. Uh, of course. I, 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 I trust you. Um, we, we need to get behind this fire. Can you, can you find out if it will burn you? Um. <laughs> um. Um. No, Trevor, don't stick your hand in the fire. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I, I mean, if there's no other way. Yeah, no, there's another way. There's There are other ways. Let's not... Well, how else are we going to find out what's be- how to get behind there? Well, you could go through it, since you seem so certain. I could. She reaches her hand out to see if the fire will hurt. You're going to put your hand in the fire? Well cautiously, slowly, to see if it gets hotter and hotter and painful or not. It feels warm, but as you stick your hand into the fire, you take no damage. Nothing happens. She holds it there for a few seconds and then more and longer and longer. In fact, you think you've seen this happen once before. Oh, yeah. Rotan, Rotan has been through this before. Gets down on her... How, how tall is this... It's, it's a big fireplace. You could walk in. Like, you have to stoop a little bit, but you could walk through. Okay, so she doesn't say a word and just holds her hand on the fire for about ten seconds and then stoops down and walks through. No, Silway, don't! Oh, where, All right, where, then. Where'd she... Did, did the fire eat her? It's okay. Come on in. But where are you? I told you to walk through the fire. Um... He looks over at Mist. Mist pinches the bridge of his nose, tosses the, the, uh, the pitcher into his bag of holding, also goes and grabs the cr- the crystal wand shards. The shards of it? Okay. Yeah. Never know. And then also goes through the fire. So you go through the fire, and um, after you go through and disappear, Trevor looks over at Rotan. Um, I, I guess I should go. <laughs> Rotan's totally absorbed <laughs> in this... <laughs> Sound producing. Oh, okay. So uh, Trevor closes his eyes and begins walking into the fire, promptly trips over the hearth itself and stumbles into the corridor where you find yourself. Rotan, you look up from your diddling on the piano to find yourself alone. Oh dear. Rotan, where are you? Hello. Come into the fireplace. What? Into the fire. Who's who is that? Are you kidding us? Mist? Silway? Suddenly, a, an arm and a hand appears from the fireplace and just beckons Rotan towards it. Whoa! Now that is a good magic trick. <laughs> uh, Rotan will go and um, and step through into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> With just a pinch of flu powder. You step through the fireplace into a dark room. The flames from the fire behind you throwing your shadow out into the space before you. 
Before your eyes can adjust, several torches flicker to life on the walls to either side of you, illuminating a circular room of bare stone. At its center sits a large, solid-looking wooden table with several books and a tall wooden staff resting on it. In front of the table floats a strange creature with one large eye and several smaller ones on shifting stalks about its spherical body, each one now focused on you. Behind them towers a humanoid shape constructed from some sort of rough clay. Its features seem simple and almost unfinished as it stares directly ahead. Oh my god, what is that? Uh, uh, uh. I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and make an arcana check. That's so don't... character. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. Okay, do an arcana check. Oh, fuck. Two. Uh, you have I, no idea what this is. I don't know, wink, but it's looking at me. I made a, a 15 arcana check. I feel beheld. Rotan, you have heard stories of these things, but... Though you are aware of stories of beholders and the like, you do not. Uh, this one does not appear to be a beholder. It seems a little smaller and not as, I guess, intimidating as you would think a beholder would be. It's like a cute little beholder. Cute. It's not cute. Hello. Zoe is scrambling behind Rotan to get out of the line of sight of this thing. Ah uh, Ah uh, you. Ah, I am Roton von Bastard. Who are you? That is a silly name. Ah, well, I say. What's your name? What is my name? What is your name? That's a silly name. You're a silly name. <laughs> so, so true. But seriously, who are you? Roton. Roton? Oh, my, my, my. Terrible name. And you? Is this your cat? I'm no one's cat. <laughs> Aren't you, though? You're the world's cat. I did sell him into slavery at one point, but I did liberate him immediately afterwards, so... No, I, no, you... I do not think he is my cat. Well, that is perfectly understandable. I would do the same. And you? Are you his wife? Uh -huh. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in that statement. Oh my god, he's talking to me. <laughs> yes, I am. What is your name? Uh, what are you? I am me, me am I. What is your name? I am me too. Me too. What a terrible name. Uh, oh, what's going on? And you, what is your name? I, I am, I am Trevor. Ha. <laughs> Trevor. What's a terrible name? You're all terrible names. Yes. Well, <laughs> having gotten that out of the way, uh, where are we? You are in the tower. The tower. The tower. This is the tower. You know you are in the tower. Oh, do you know a, um, a Brom? Oh, yes. I know a Brom. Here's my employer. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yes. What does he pay you to do? He plays me to watch. I like to watch. Ah, you... Lebron is a terrible name. They're all terrible. You're probably very good at watching. I am very good at watching. It is what I do. 
Uh, well, have you seen anything interesting lately? Oh, I have seen all sorts of interesting things. Lately? No, just this dreadful creature. It is dreadful. Oh, that It thing. doesn't even have a name. Uh, the, the gestures to the statue type of... Yes, that thing. Ah, oh, what makes it so terrible? Oh, it's just an ugly. Look at it. It's ugly. And it doesn't have a name. Can you imagine the horror of not having a name? Uh, you, you could, uh, you could name it. Oh, no, why would I do that? And then it would cease to not have a name. Ah, I see. So it's a vindictive sort of thing. Well, yes, sort of or a fun thing. So tell me, why are you here? Ah, I am perhaps not best qualified to answer this question. Well, then tell me something that you are qualified to answer. Um, uh, what, what do you know about Neverwinter? Oh, it's across the sea, across the sea, far away across the sea. Yes, yes, yes. That's all, that's all very true. Yes. And interesting. I am so interesting. Uh, tell, tell me, tell me your favorite fact. Did you know that a basilisk has 1,700 legs, but does not use them all at once? Ah. Uh? <laughs> well, that's a bad roll. I didn't know that a basilisk has 1,700 legs. Oh, uh, yes. He keeps them in his tree home, where he makes honey. Does he have to have shoes for all of those? Oh, I don't know. That is an excellent question. We should have to ask one. Have you seen any lately? Ah, uh, no, no, not that I know of. Well, maybe someday. Yes, perhaps. So why are you here? You are kind of delightful, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. I am very <laughs> delightful. I am the most delightful. And I have a very good name. Yes. What? And what that is again? Your name? My name. It is delightful. It is the best. Oh, the best. Yes? Yes. Your name is yes. My name is not yes. Your name is not yes. It is a good name. Huh. Silly <laughs> blurts up in the back. Is there a spell book in here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, there is a spell book in here. Uh, this is it is the master spellbook. Could we have it? <laughs> I love how we're able to keep each other on track. <laughs> Eventually. Um, <laughs> why would you want the master spellbook? The master is using it. The master, master is using it. Yes, it is the master spellbook. Is he using it right now? I don't think so. It is behind me. So then we can have it then, because he's not using it right now. No, that's not the way it works. The master will come and use it when the master wants to use it. Until such time, I must watch it, as I watch you, as I watch all. I'm very good at watching. Maybe you should sit down. <laughs> I do not sit. I do not stand. I do not do anything but float. What am I? I... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like, a, like a mini beholder. I am me. That's who I am. Okay. That is what I am. Not yes, yes. <laughs> I yes, not yes. Okay, yes. Yes. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs>
Does anybody else want to do anything besides trade wits with this thing? <laughs> um, did you know that the master is dead? The master's dead. The master's dead. The master's dead. Oh, the master's dead. Yay. That means this is all mine. Mine, mine, all mine. My ugly creature, my spell book, my silly stick, my tower. It is mine. All mine. Mine, mine. You can leave. Thank you. Now that it's yours, can we borrow that spell book? No, it is mine. But you don't need it. Yes, it is my tower. It is mine. I have it all. I have it all. Oh, I have it all. <laughs> but, but you can't even open it. You have no arms. I can do whatever I wish because I am me. Can you show me how you open it? And I've got a good name. Ha ha. <laughs> I would permanently burn charisma ability <laughs> points right now to get this guy to join our party. <laughs> I I know it's probably not going to happen, but I want it so badly. <laughs> oh. But that's really not fair to Diana, because we can't just have an increasing number of NPCs. We're talking of three retainers. You've got two, you need one more. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> Gruber and this thing talking to each other would be... Oh, my God. Oh, okay. okay. That's an hour-long podcast right there. <laughs> face reality. Face reality. Oh. The creature floats over towards the spellbook and then flips over upside down and starts trying to open the spellbook with one of its eye stalks. Like it's just beating it against the side of the book. And then finally it gets enough strength to flip it open to a page. And then it writes itself uh, right side up and turns around and looks at you and says, I did it! Yes! I told you, I told you I could. I oh, can do anything. Yes. Oh, can, can I see? No, can no, I see? it is mine. It is mine, it is mine. It's mine. <laughs> mine. Not yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the master said you could have his stuff if he died. The master is dead. And so it is mine. The master says nothing. I am free. Free. So it is mine. Why does the master being dead mean it's yours? Because our contract is over. And so I am free and I claim it for myself. It is mine. I have sat here for so many years. Waiting for this day. And though I should be sad, I am enraptured with joy. What did your contract say? Oh, who remembers? <laughs> well, did you know that we also had a contract that said we could have that spell book? I don't care. It's mine. I have it. Fighters keepers. But it's mine. I want it. It's mine. I have it. <laughs> I found it. I want to keep it. No, I had it. You did not find it. I had it. It's her birthday and she wants it. I don't care. Here. Sylvia so starts walking towards the spell book. Before you can do so, Something starts to materialize on the table in front of you. And it is just a birthday cake. There! Happy birthday! Is it my birthday? 
she said it was your birthday, so let us all sing. Birthday, 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 birthday. <laughs> I, do, do you not know that one? It is, uh, yes, the birthday song. <laughs> yes, everybody, the birthday everybody song. knows the birthday song. <laughs> yes, the birthday song. Oh, yes, so I'll, I'll join in. Yes, please do. <laughs> Birthday, 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 looks completely perplexed by this. I see you have that on this side of the ocean, too. It is everywhere. It's not everywhere. Birthdays are so much more somber and tear. This is weird. But if it's my birthday, then don't I get the present? Oh, she might have you there. I want a present. Well, if you guess a number between 1 and 7,342, I may give you a present. Well, that's easy enough. Uh, 538. You are wrong. No, that number is between those two numbers. Therefore, <laughs> it is a number. Therefore, I guessed it correctly. No, it was the number I was thinking of. You didn't say anything about your thinking. You just said I had to guess a number, which I did. No, you were wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, wrong, wrong. I was correct. No, I'm correct. I'm always correct. That's, that, that is my spell book. And she walks towards it. Don't touch the spell book. I warn you. I give you one last warning. Should you come any closer, I will be forced to do terrible things to you. Oh, Ter yes, I will. Terrible things like what? I have rays that I shoot out of my eyes and cast spells. I am truly magnificent. I can dodge rays. And she walks towards the spellbook. <laughs> and away we go. How do you have a spell that lets you read minds and the one time it would have been oh, perfect you don't use it? <gasps> God damn it. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to justify it by saying she is afraid oh. of magic and does not want to use it now. Okay. She's going to be a potted plant and happen too many As times. opposed to this thing dragged ah. her down to its level. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Oh, damn it, I could read minds. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I need you to make a saving throw against DC 13. 17 plus 3, 20. Oh, it's a constitution save, but oh. regardless, uh, you, you made it. It hits you with a blue ray, but you just sort of uh, shrug it off and continue moving towards the books, towards the spell book. She turns and looks at it like, that's what's so magnificent, that, that ray. <laughs> it fires another ray at you. Dodge, save, whatever. Uh, wisdom, wisdom save. Wisdom save. Uh, natural 20. <laughs> okay. It hits you this time with a black ray, and you shrug it off as well. What are you doing? That is not fair. She sticks her tongue out at it. How dare you, you insolent child, with a terrible name. Your name is terrible. No, your name is terrible. It's bad. It's awful. My name is not terrible. It is hideous. It is the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> I think your name is terrible. <laughs> Roton rolls for initiative. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Diana here. I'm all by myself today. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope that 
this crazy time hasn't been too difficult on you. I know we're usually very goofy in our mid-rolls, um, riffing on nerd stuff and Star Wars and so forth, but I just wanted to take a second to talk to you semi-seriously about self-care, uh, which I guess I should say seriously about self-care. This has been a very difficult year for all of us, and it's important to take a moment for yourself. It's important that you listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your mind, and listen to what it's trying to tell you. We may think we're tough, and we may think that we can handle things, or if we just push everything down, we'll be fine, we can just soldier on. And that often just leads to problems later. So understand that it's okay to be stressed out, it's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to be afraid. It's an uncertain time. It's a scary time. I don't think anybody knows when life is going to get back to normal. So take care of yourself and give yourself a break. Whether it's the five or 10 pounds that you've put on or whether it's you know, your lack of motivation to get projects done or whatever the case may be. You know, understand that it is stressful whether we realize it or not. And it impacts us all differently. And we need to be aware of that when dealing with ourselves and when, you know, interacting with those that we love. And if we can do that, then I think we can all get through this together. So that's my serious uh, announcement for this mid-roll. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. It's been a bit of a departure so far, given that we've done a written module. Um, again, this today is the conclusion of The Dead Wizard's Tower by Jordan Carmichael. You can download that on DM's Guild. It is an excellent adventure. Uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. As you've already heard, my favorite character in the module has appeared, and it's an, an amazing encounter. It's so fun to play through as a DM. So, I encourage all of you to buy it and play through it just so you can take your players through the spectator. If you are enjoying our show, please write us a review. iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever, really. Um, you know, we like to hear your words. It makes us feel good. It, it's a pick-me-up for all of us. You know, we, we put a lot of work into this, and it's nice to hear that people appreciate it. And this goes for any content creator. This goes for whether it be a podcaster or an artist or a musician. Nobody's getting paid right now, or very few people are getting paid. And, and words do go a long way. So, you know, hit us up on Twitter at MCTPod, or you can follow us on Instagram at Multiclass Theater. You can follow us on Facebook at Multiclass Theater. We have a Patreon. Um, I know money's tight for everybody, but, you know, if you have a few dollars to spare and you'd like to contribute, you know, we definitely could use it to grow the podcast and to cover some of our costs. And there's also bonus content on there. There's some really funny adventures, including Rotan's, a flashback to when Rotan was in his teenage years, which is hilarious. There's our episode zero, which gets referenced in this episode and has actually been referenced many times in various episodes. And we have some plans to release some more content on there uh, just as soon as we can. 
for example, um, you know, spoiler alert, the group will be leveling up soon. And instead of spending half an episode or something dealing with that, we actually recorded a separate mini episode to talk about our choices. So if that's something you're interested in, then uh, all you have to do is sponsor us on Patreon. And really, we don't, it's $1 gets you all of that, all of the episodes, all of our bonus content. There are things for higher levels, but for the most part, you know, all of the additional content is available for the low, low price of a single dollar. Speaking personally, I have guest shots coming up on a few podcasts. I had the great honor of guesting on an episode of The Lovely Craftians, which just aired last week. And I'm going to be guesting on an episode of Ballad of the Seven Dice coming up. If you haven't actually listened to either of those, I highly recommend them. They are, they are funny. They are well-told stories. They both have this strong, very creepy element of horror. They can both be extremely creepy and extremely funny, which is a good combination. So give them both a listen. Um, and while I'm plugging stuff, I also do my usual plug for Four Orbs. Dave Cole, who I have done some work with, has released a bunch of music on his YouTube channel under Dave Cole Music. He is a very talented composer. He recently did a his own arrangement of the Critical Role theme that is incredible. And all of the music for the Fall of Laron episode that I wrote and directed and he composed and produced, which is on Four Orbs. He released all of that music on his YouTube channel. And if you're a content creator or if you just want it for your own tabletop session, you can use it. No charge. He just asks a little attribution, but it's astonishing music for no cost and it will improve anything that you do so I think that's about it for me if you still want us yucking it up like usual uh, there's some cutscenes at the end of this podcast one long one in which we dive into the community D&D episode so enjoy that and we will be back uh, with the next episode with the full group it should be fun I look forward to chatting with you then? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Let's get back to the show. Okay, first up is Trevor. Trevor is terrified. Good. Trevor, run back through the fireplace. The fact that it attacked Silway means that it's going to Trevor is going to attack. Well, he's going to die. Trevor runs up behind it and swings with his club and connects soundly into the squishy body like a bat hitting a baseball and does five points of damage. It turns and it blasts a pink ray at Trevor. The ray hits Trevor. You see him go slack and just stand there. His jaw drops open. Like he's frozen in place with his arms hanging at his side. Well, the powder makes one sneeze, and this thing doesn't have a nose. That probably isn't going to be useful. <laughs> Just blast it. Blast it. I'm going to throw up darkness. 
targeting the thing itself. So a 15 foot sphere of magical darkness emerges right around the knot of a holder. So wait, you are inside this darkness. Trevor's inside it. Rotan's inside it. Everybody's inside it. I think except you missed. That's fine. I can see through it anyway, so... So, so well, you see this sphere of darkness or cube of darkness appear and swallows you. And you are blind. Um, yeah, she's just going to leap blindly into the fray and stab it where she last saw the beholder thing. Here we go again. <laughs> okay, go ahead and swing at disadvantage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Something less than ten. Or no, actually, eleven is what she actually attacks with. Uh, both of those missed. Offhand attack? Or... No, same same result. <laughs> You're just flailing blindly in the darkness. And um, and I have disadvantage on this? Yeah, okay. I'm going to swing as well. Oh, an 18 and a 19, which is uh, 24. Well, that will hit. Uh, 10 damage. Bonus action. Offhand. 16 and a 3. Does a 9 hit? No. Uh, does a 14 hit? Yes, a 14 will hit. Uh, <laughs> four more damage. Okay. And um, everyone remember that you get a plus four bonus to your saving throws if you're within 10 feet of me. So uh, you feel a gust of wind as something whizzes past your head, barely missing you. So breathe a sigh of relief. Missed what you see from the outside is you see Trevor suddenly turn, take a step towards Silway, and swing at her. Oh, oh that's bad. <laughs> Man, I'd love to dispel whatever magic was put on him, but oops, I had to use my last slot just now, and we didn't take a rest. So, in that case... <laughs> Could have insisted, man. Could have insisted. I'm gonna throw a couple of Eldritch Blasts right at this thing's stupid eyeball. And I do so with advantage. Okay. Because it can't see out, right? Uh, it cannot. Okay. That was a um, big assumption well, there. <laughs> let's see. Okay, that shot does that shot misses because I'm pretty sure an eleven doesn't hit. It does not. Oh, good lord! Are you kidding me? A pair of ones. Hey, get him wow. out of the way. Does it count for double though? <laughs> this is me rolling with advantage. A two and a three, and then two natural ones. This is backfire. <laughs> Your finger guns backfire. <laughs> okay, now this fight is going to take forever. <laughs> so, Mist, you let loose two bolts, two Eldritch Blast bolts, and they are heading straight at the creature. But just when it looks like it's going to hit the creature, they rebound and come hurtling back towards you. One of them hits you. Roll for damage. Great. I do 10 force damage to myself. <laughs> And because you guys were so happy, so uh, eager for it, um, oh, nope, actually, uh, the darkness stays up. <laughs> cool. That's fine. The creature is going to fire another ray. This time it missed. It shot a ray blindly, and it missed you. Good, I'm not almost dead. Um, disadvantaged attack coming its way. Double tens. Plus seven. Uh, yeah, 17. 17 will hit. All right. Uh, is it within five feet of somebody? Sneak attack. Wait. I may not get sneak attack because I have disadvantage. All right. <laughs> uh, roll my d4 and do seven damage to it. Okay. Offhand. Same thing. Okay. Uh, 
Nope, nope. <laughs> two plus seven, or two plus six. Nope, that will not do it. So you hit it with one and then miss with the second one. Yeah, I, I'm doing zero damage this fight because I cannot get sneak attacks. I can't see anything! <laughs> uh, swing in the darkness. Why do you need to see? You don't need to see. It actually needs to see. 16? Does that hit? Yes, 16 hits. Okay. Eight damage. And then... Oh, man. Ten. Ten will miss. Okay, that's looking good. Uh, Thirteen? Thirteen misses. Oh, man. You hit it, though, Rotan. You hit it fairly squarely, and it begins to droop a little bit. But it it's, does not seem to be uh, giving in. It just cackles wildly and says, Mine! All mine! All mine! Go away! Mine! And... You see Trevor missed. He kind of shakes his head, like shaking away cobwebs, and turns around and sees the large ball thing right in front of him and takes a swing at it. Well, he misses anyway. <laughs> I guess I guess he wouldn't see it, but he swings wildly. He definitely hears the ranting. <laughs> yes. And swings wildly and misses. The voice of the thing. Uh, Eldritch Blast, first shot... Ooh, uh, that's a 27 to hit. That will hit. Um, the other one was another frickin' natural one, so yay for... Um, oh, that's 6 force damage. And the second ray, uh, 18 to hit. That will hit. And uh, 8 force damage, so a total of 14 force damage. Okay, you kill it. Go ahead and describe that. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was gonna... Okay. Um, I punch its lights out. I uh, <laughs> from twenty feet away. <laughs> feline punch. No. Um, I think it goes rocketing back out of the darkness and kind of goes splat against the wall. It goes splat against the wall and then slowly slides down the wall, leaving a trail of goo. Roton attacks the darkness. Yeah, I was going to say, the only one who sees this is missed, because everybody else is in the darkness. Got it! I rolled a natural one. Can I, can I, dis- <laughs> can I, dis- does it require an action to dismiss a spell? Uh, it does not. Okay, then I, once it's, once it goes down, I dismiss the darkness. <laughs> Rotan has planted a hammer right into the birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did squish. He's covered with frosting. <laughs> Whoops. The darkness is gone. There is the um, clay. It's not, I won't say statue, but uh, ugly figure behind the table. And there are books on the table and a staff. Is that it? Did we kill it? What just happened? Yes. Yes. I killed it. You, You killed it. Oh, good. Then I guess we can get the spell book. And I guess she goes over and grabs the spell book. You pick up the book. I got it. Mission accomplished. Yay. I do feel a little bad about killing it. It attacked us first. That's true. That's why I only feel a little bit bad about it. Oh, what could have been? Well, so did we find what we were looking for? What's in the book? I guess spells, maybe? Silly opens the book and flips through it. You can't read it, but it is a spell book. Mist, can you read this? Uh, I can try. She hands it over. 
It is a spell book featuring a lot of spells, many of which you're guessing are wizard spells. There is one spell that you seem to be able to read. In other words, it is a ritual spell. Ooh. It is something you could copy, but you could not cast it yet because you're, you're too low level. Sad. You read the, the name of the spell. It's called Green Staff Tower. I can summon this tower. <laughs> no, but you could create your own tower. <laughs> that is not a comforting sound. It is a sixth level spell, so... It'll be a bit. What if your house cat laughed like that? Like, nobody <laughs> would own house cats. So you grab the spell book. Um, anything else? You're going to take the staff? Or... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely very curious about the staff. Perhaps, is the staff perhaps green in color? The staff is six feet long and made of what appears to be a, a uniformly thick tree branch with a faintly glowing crystal at its tip. And there were books in here, too? There were a couple other books. So they will inspect those. The other books are books on similar to the research materials that you found downstairs about concerning life and concerning artificial life and sentience of objects, uh, magical sentience and the so forth. These seem useful. She grabs them. Is there anything else in here? Besides the large clay figure standing there? Uh, no, nothing right. else. I mean, sorry, I meant, um, is there, like, is this sort of, are there any other rooms in the, like, are there, no. this is pretty much a dead end? This is a dead end. Okay. So we cast Detect Magic just to, like, see what else is in the room. The staff close, the spell book close, and the creature close. The beholder? Or the clay thing? No, the clay thing, sorry. This statue is magical. I'm going to make an arcana check, not that these usually go that well, but... Uh, ooh, 19. You believe it is a golem. Huh. But it has done nothing. It has not come to life. It has not done anything. So that's, um... It's a golem, but it doesn't seem to be active. I think it has to have, like, a... You usually need, like, a soul or an activation word or something to put into it to make it, like, all... Maybe we should leave before it wakes up, then. I I am inclined to agree because I can't figure out how to stuff it into my bag of holding. Speaking of, here's some books. And she hands you the two research books. Was the cake real? The cake was real. Okay. Yeah, then Rota, Rota's like, my companions will figure out what's up with this room. He's just like doing that thing where you scrape frosting off of yourself and then licking his fingers. So the cake is not a lie. Uh... It's not bad. No, it is a very good cake. It is a very fine cake. Very real and very good. Buttermilk. I say we get out of here, and, and quickly before that thing wakes up. Yeah, I'm pretty tapped out. Let's go! You uh, make your way to the bottom of the tower and exit. It's an uneventful journey down. It's fairly quick. The tower seemed much larger when you were going up. As, as we're walking out of the tower, Rotan remarks, Boy, I am... I am glad I found this suit of armor. It looks good on me, and, you know, these things can be very expensive. You look a right proper Tyran warrior, Proton. Thank you. You'll fit right in if we ever... Well, if you ever go back to the east. Well, I would... 
I would not want to be out of place. You can see from your vantage point a fire in a small the small campsite down below next to the road. You see sitting beside the campfire, sleeping, is Gruber. And sitting next to him on a stump, reading a book, is Mugby. How far away are they? Uh, about, a, like, 200 feet. But it's downhill, so you can see him down there. Before we get too close, I will ask my companions. So, are we giving Mugby the spell book? Um, sure, in six hours. <laughs> oh gosh, it's even worse. For each level of the spell, the transcription process takes two hours and costs... 50 GP. The, the gold's not an issue, but it does take 12 hours to work on this thing. You could stay up all night. Photocopy. So you find your way down to your camp, and as you approach, Mugby looks up from his book eagerly. Oh, if you're back, did you find what you were looking for? We found so much stuff. Oh. And yes, yes, we found a spell book. Oh. May I see it? Uh... One little thing. There is the matter of our compensation for this particular... Oh, yes. Uh, my compensation is this. There's a spell in here I want to copy. It'll take me some time, but I need to copy it. You can have the book when, when I've done, when I've finished doing that. Oh, um, hmm. We can, we can all hang out right here. Give me a persuasion check. Oh, Always a good sign. Yeah, it's a nine. Oh, I don't know. What kind of spell is it? It's just a ritual that I think would be really interesting, but... Oh, a ritual, eh? Does it have to do with creating life? Oh, no. No, no. Oh. That's... Well, then, all right. You can copy the spell. Fantastic. But what about you, my dear? What would you like from old Mugby? Gold. Or magic items. Something material. Well, if you come back tonight, Fall, I could get you some magic items. Right now, all I have are these gemstones. Well, what kind of gemstones do you have? Oh, they're very pretty. Oh, I think this is a ruby. And what else is there? Um, this is an emerald, this is a garnet, lots of gemstones. Well, if that's all you have, then I guess that's all I can ask for. Okay, here you go. And you, Roton, what would you like? Well, what do you have to offer? Oh, um, I could offer you a discount at me shop. Or, oh, I don't really have much with me. Um... I've got a really nice saddle for your mount. Ah, oh. well, let's let's make it that and your good word. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, so Rotan, uh, the finely made saddle that he gives you will give you an advantage to all animal handling checks when on your mount. Okay, I have to be on. Yeah, well, yeah, not all of them in general, but when you are on Concord, <laughs> I must be wearing the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> and attune to it? <laughs> no, you, you, you just get it. You don't have to attune to the saddle. You will attune as you ride to your next destination. And when you get back to Nightfall, make sure you tell everyone of the great and valiant deeds we are doing. 
Oh, I will. I'll let them all know what a wonderful man Roton is. That's gonna be. That's a fun scene and to play. And <laughs> his his girl Silway, Mara. No, your name's Mara, not Silway. Yes, Mara. Why didn't I drop this? Thank you. And Mr. Cat, of course. Just missed. Of course. Of course. Yes, just. So this emerald, out of character, is it, would you say it's a normal emerald or a clearest bright green emerald? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say whatever gives you about, um, say we'll call it 500 gold pieces. Well, a base emerald is a thousand gold pieces. Okay, then we'll just call it a thousand gold pieces for the emerald. And then the ruby's not even listed, unless it's a star ruby, which case it's another thousand gold pieces. This guy just loaded me up. <laughs> we'll say he gives you a total of 1,200 gold pieces worth of gems. Okay, okay. Like, how rich am I? <laughs> so, um, did we win? I kind of got, things got dark, and I got kind of, I think I forgot. And, um, uh, Lex, think I knew there was cake everywhere. Did, did I miss a party? Welcome back, Trevor. <laughs> we won. Congratulations, oh, Trevor. You're a real oh, adventurer. I'm an adventurer. Oh, um, okay. So, um, and you see him pull from, like, his pocket a handful of birthday cake. And he says, um, do you think this is safe to eat? How clean are your pockets? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, if only somebody knew how to purify food and drink. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I have one spell slot left. <laughs> uh, Roton like puts his hand over the handful of cake and like mutters some words under his breath that he looks Trevor in the eye and says it is now come back as a villain? Will the party get on with this season's plot? Will Diana regret giving Miss the Green Staff? Find out next time on Multi-Class Theater. And also, uh, before we really truly get going, to answer your question, I think Abed is a terrible DM, Mike. Okay. I agree. But necessary for the plot, but I, right. I believe he is a, a terrible DM. I've seen that episode once. Especially since he's the only one who rolls dice. That that has always bugged me, and I don't know if that would... I mean, it's... <laughs> Dan, Dan Har we know Dan Harmon knows D&D better than that, so it has to have been a narrative choice on the part of like to just to make the episode work oh it's totally because abed it's abed <laughs> i mean he's a control freak yeah well yeah. it is but it's also you have to push the narrative forward and the only way like you you can't get bogged down in the details of the game so you have to keep because the important thing's not so much the mechanics of D D, but you know the jokes and the whole uh story with neil dan Harmon was probably thinking of every like 
D&D game with new players that everyone has ever been a part of, where the person rolls the dice and they're like, okay, 16 plus... <laughs> what am I rolling again? That sounds very familiar for my editing process. Yeah, by having Abed roll and immediately interpret the result, you you cut a whole bunch of conversation out. Yeah. Instead of, I rolled this, okay, then this is... You know. <laughs> I, I believe um, I believe they're in the the commentary on the episode. I believe they say that they all did play D and D prior to the episode to get a feeling for the game and an understanding of it. I think Dan Harmon actually DM'd them going through an adventure. That seems counterproductive almost. Like they should really go in blind. I mean, not Abed. <laughs> a one on one with Abed <laughs> and Dan Harmon. Yes. Well, I'd, I'd just been watching the uh, the second one where David Cross basically starts off by trying to knock his knock the uh, adventure off rails, and then Abed busts out this huge binder of like, "Well, here's the world around the area." I mean, Abed is a good DM in that respect. If if you want to play in a world that is completely worked out beforehand, like yeah, go to go to somebody like Abed. But uh, but yeah does not do things that are good for group dynamics <laughs> again and again no. and again i believe i heard a cat you, oh you did well you either heard the cat or you heard my wife mocking the cat one of the two yeah i got this in stereo now one yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh <laughs> Let's, let's get going on this. I mean, I know, I know, I derailed that right off the bat, but let's get going. Cause, Welcome uh, to Multiclass Theater. This is a, a cat sound podcast, <laughs> and this is a cat sound and community fan cast. I mean, Ooh. if the Beach Boys could have an album called, you know, so, it, no, I can do a better joke than that. Uh, I just need a bit to think about it. This album is very shiny. <laughs> what, what was that? Apparently, um, Ghirardelli chocolates make a whole lot of noise when you unwrap them. <laughs> it's Trevor munching on popcorn while watching this, apparently. Oh, I want, I want this thing to join us so bad. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this Oh thing. man, I would trade Trevor in a heartbeat for this thing. I think so, I would end up stabbing it eventually. <laughs> oh, that's only half true. I, Trevor's great. He's also not mine to trade. <laughs> so I would take Trevor over this thing in a heartbeat. So, uh, Mike, I'll I'll send you uh, information on the the that tower spell. It's very cool. It's like it's probably technically a wizard spell, but it's just too cool not to give it to you. I mean, it's uh, yeah. So when we get to level twelve, we're going to be able to have our own base of operations. Yes, you have a base of operations, and then you can customize it, and you can. It's like when you get your fortress in, you know, Warcraft. Except it doesn't suck. <laughs> Except it doesn't suck. <laughs> oh, oh, 